for great ideas and practical tools you can start using tomorrow to grow your business and separate you from the competition, you've come to the right place. If you're into B2B marketing and sales, then welcome to the one and only B2B marketing and sales podcast. With over 60 and counting total years in the trenches of businesses small and large, they have a plethora of knowledge and experience that generate you more leads, capture more clients, ring up more sales. Well, doggone it, just make you more money. How about that? Always thought-provoking, yet dubiously entertaining. Please welcome to their respective microphones across three time zones, your co-ringmasters, the Dave Loomis, and not the rock star, Steve Miller. Kicking it off. Kicking it off for another episode of the B2B Marketing and Sales Podcast. Very creative name. Says says it all right there. Says yeah. it all right there. Yep, it does. It Absolutely. does. And uh, I am the Dave Lewis, and I'm with uh, Steve Miller, one of the Steve Millers. I am one of the Steve Millers. Right. And, uh, and we know a thing or two about this topic. And today's subtopic uh, under our um, podcast theme is uh, competition, specifically competition. Competition. Wait, do we have competitors? Do our clients, do, do companies, do we pay enough Not mine. To... Not mine. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you just do your job so well, everybody else just goes out That's of business. That's right. It's, well, it's, you know, I teach them how it's to be uncopyable. So they don't, it's, not, yeah, a level it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not. So, but you picked this topic. You picked That's this topic. True. So, I, so I, I think, which, which I think is a great topic. And, and, yeah. But why did you pick this topic? I think I picked it because it doesn't get as much attention as uh, some other things. I think that we love talking about branding now. We love talking about content marketing in business. We love talking about lead gen and all these other things. But I don't think we talk about enough about some of the basic building blocks like competitor analysis. Okay. And so I just wanted to share some thoughts on that with you, you know, hear what you, the sort of approaches you use, uh, yeah. share a couple things that I do and, um, and take it from there. Um, I, I've seen some very intense competitor analysis in my career. And I, I think that um, very detailed, like product comparisons with features and cost and price and things like that can, can be valuable. But I think in this case, what I'm really talking about is, is bigger picture stuff. And I've seen some fun things um, like war rooms. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that, and I've seen some fun exercises where individuals or teams are assigned to sort of be another competitor and to... Sort, sort of like, sort of like, an, it, you know, like foot, college football teams, professional football teams, when they are practicing to play an opponent, they yeah. will have a, they will have a, uh, uh, their, their practice squad will be assigned to sort of replicate the, the, the yeah, opponent for that. Mimic, mimic the, the right. opponent's offense, right. right. And to, to, you know, watch enough tapes so that you can try and play like them. 
supposedly. Right. And, um, and I think it's an interesting, these are just, these are just exercises that get your brain um, thinking in a different way. If you, if you worked for one of your top competitors, how would you look at the market? How would you approach competing with yourself? Um, right. What would you do? I think, uh, and I think, I think that is, uh, uh, I think that is a very good way. I think that's one of the ways that I that sometimes I'll have, you know, we'll be having conversations and I'll just say, Hey, look, what if, if the comp, if the competition hired you away today, you know, then what would you do to, you know, to compete with the company you're with right now? So yeah. uh, I think that's a, I think that's a really good way to look at it. There's another exercise that I thought kind of process that I like to ask people to go through. And that is that um, if you were a startup, but you've got to assume, you know, sort of barriers to entry and so forth are overcome. But if you were a startup and you got funded and you, and to, to go into the, your business, you know, how would you set things up? And, and, when people start thinking like that, they realize, oh, well, I wouldn't build five factories, I'd build one. And, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually create, have a middleman, I'd go direct. Or, you know, basically disruption, because that's what, that's how an, an, a brand new, like, startup entrant would approach things, at, you know, like it, a disruptor. And mm-hmm. so I think that is, also an interesting way to think you know that reminds me you know i i told you uh you know before we started recording that uh you know i have a a pretty simple tool that i i teach but but you just now reminded me of another tool that i have too okay it's it's interesting because i i just had this conversation in fact with with a company that funds startups um, uh, a couple of days ago uh and because they were talking about doing like SWOT analysis uh-huh. for the, for the, you know for your own company which is which is always a good thing to do it's it's, uh-huh. it's i i think it's kind of uh, sometimes it's a little bit overblown but um but to me like when you do a SWOT analysis as we know you know strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats we know that strengths and weaknesses are internal opportunities and threats are external Thanks. um and you get you go into these conversations uh, and you, you you go through the strengths, you go through the weaknesses, you go the, through the opportunities, and there and there's a lot of conversation, a lot of discussion about that stuff, and and then you get into the threats, and it kind of it kind of becomes, and when you say external threats, um, it, it's probably the most boring of the four because it, it tends to not really uh, bring anything new to the table. I mean, it's, it's sort of like they'll say, oh well, weather, you know, pandemic. Right. Or if you if, if a lot of your equipment runs on, you know, internal combustion engines, electrification, uh, you know, tra- yeah. echo trends yeah. you know, and can yeah. be a threat if you're not prepared. I so things so. like that. But, but what you just reminded me of uh, was that a few years ago I started doing um, I, it, I kind of had this light bulb moment about it, about when I was doing SWOT analysis uh, with with customers and I said and I came up with this with SWOT being spelled S W O T T and and what I mean what I do then is that after we go through the regular threat you know analysis I add the, the last T and it's very very close to what you just talked about but what I, but the way I posture it is I say okay now here's the threat 
And this is the threat that you can't see. All right. Uh, this is the, 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 uh, the unknown unknown, I guess, right? That um, imagine that there is a mole in your company right now. Yes. And that mole has, is, has been implant, embedded with you and their entire objective is to learn everything about you, everything about you. And, and that their, their objective is that when they, they get to a point where they have enough information, then they leave you and they go start a new business in a garage somewhere with the sole intention of destroying you, of putting you out of business. Yeah, that's nice. Great. That's a great thought. It probably gets people really, it's uplifting. <laughs> it's, very, it's very exciting. But you're talking about like this idea of a startup, but it's a startup. Who has yes, that's all, perfect. With, with all the uh, with extra, you know, uh, inside information? Yes. yes, yes. I like that. I like that. Yeah, uh, what, that's, what, a, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. So it's so funny that you mentioned SWOT analysis, where we usually are on the same wavelength here. Um, sometimes um, I suggest to people that, hey, this is the SWOT analysis for you. If you were one of your competitors. What would you write for, you know, their SWOT analysis for themselves? That's one thing. Another yeah. is I have this thing if you, if, um, called SWAP analysis. S-W-A-P. P is in okay. And the, you, the strengths and weaknesses um, are the same. Um, so you do it for your competitor, competitor A, B, and C. So, right. so instead of your strengths and weaknesses, you're doing their strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And you're also like capturing their awareness. Like where are they, where, where do they get their most awareness in what segments in what way with what, and then positioning, what is their positioning in the marketplace? And that, mm -hmm. that one, I just like to call that out because in the end um, we, we get a lot of traction out of um, not going head to head, the whole blue ocean versus red ocean thing. Like we, if we can carve out some white space, people call it or whatever, where, you know, uh, competitors aren't playing or, or they have a weakness or what have you, you know, if everybody was positioned exactly the same way, every product and, you know, would look the same and act the same, you know, but it's not like that market. There's subtle differences in B2B, B2C, everything. So I like helping people find those differences well I, and i i love the, i love the way you say that too because the, the idea of positioning or or the white space or the the gaps right that it, that maybe somebody doesn't really see uh um and in a lot of cases i think and what i've tried to do with many of my clients is to create the gap um you know is create to the gap. say more about that how would you create the gap? well for example well for example the 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 other technique that i was you and i were talking about um yeah. it's it's a real real simple technique and it's basically it's based on the benjamin franklin decision making you know or something like that where you know how does you know you, you draw the you know you draw a line across the top you draw it down the middle and then you might have like pluses and minuses you know, that's kind of what he used for in a decision making, you know, that's his matrix, I guess, you know. Okay. Uh, um, but what I what I uh, what I teach is I say, OK, instead of instead of 
pluses and minuses of you guys. It's just all it is is you list your your competitor on one side and you on the other side, and you say, what are you promising the marketplace that you're going to deliver to them? And what is it that you're really, really good at that you're telling everybody you're really, really good at? And you just list all of these things down underneath you, right? Yeah. And then you do the same thing for, for them. What are they promoting? What are they saying they're really good at? And you list everything down, down the list. Uh, I mean, down, down the paper, right? Now what you do is you go through and you find, this, you find which of the, the things on this side and on this side are the same. Okay, yeah, you're, both, yeah. you're both promising this. Cross right. them off. You cross them off. All right, and you do that through the whole list, and then at, at, when you're done, you look to see what's left on your side and what's left on their side. And 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 I mean, the worst that can happen, which does happen more than I think people are willing to admit, is that there is nothing left. Right, they're all crossed off because because everybody is offering the same stuff, and that's when I say. uh, But but what I say is, we need to find something that we can put on the list. All right, that is not on their list. Right, and that's kind of that gap, that white space you're 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 talking about. And the way, and then the way I go through that is is by. you know, we've all heard the you know the you know mapping the experience, uh, tra- you know the customer journey. I mean, all that sort of stuff. Um, what I try to do with that is I expand on that as well. Is is I I try to get through this. Uh, uh, most companies when they chart the journey, they they think in terms of they chart the buying journey. Okay, you know what what is it that that they're going through in the what are the steps they're taking in the buying process? Okay? Right, and I say I, I teach people number one. No, you are you are you are mapping or charting with what I prefer to call it charting. You are charting every contact they have with you, every mm-hmm. communication that they have with you. Yes. You know, and and you know, whether it's they see a banner ad or whether they get an email from you or you know, whatever all, all that stuff, everything that they they have with you. Uh and, and from even when they become a customer or become a client. You have all that stuff in there, so it's like it's like they say, okay, well, how do you answer your phone, right? You know, that's a contact, and that's one of those things, right? Um, but then, um, that what most of the time when we look at this stuff and we look at these contacts, you know, in in our journey, um, they're what they're really they're visible contacts. They're very yes. easy to see. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I say, you know what? One, there are a lot of in, invisible con- contacts, there, or there are invisible uh, influences. Yes, that are going on that we don't really that we don't normally see. And very often, if you start to look for those invisible things, like how do you know how does the uh, you know accounts you know, how how do, how does how do accounts payable or accounts receivable um, how do they communicate with them, right? Uh, Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. I've done the same thing. And um, one, one method that I've seen is if, if, if you imagine that, um, that a customer's experience is a, is a, just for the sake of this, a continuous experience from that's sequential that you're going, they're going through a process of something that not, not buying, they've already bought. But once you engage them, they're doing something. They're either, um, buying the product and using it, in which case they still stay in touch with you for certain things, um, or they're, um, it's a service 
and they're definitely in touch with you for certain things. Um, and the, a way to do that is to chart all of the visible things um, sort of along the top of a page and all the, uh, and have a dotted line. And then all the invisible things can be below that dotted line and they're all connected. So you're just going from thing to thing to thing. Sometimes you're going from, you know, two or three visible things in a row, but then you're going down to, right. you right. know, the invisible thing, which is that invoice or, yeah. or yeah. that, pay, you know, whatever is happening. And that is, that is a very real thing because, you know, my book, Marketing is Everything We Do. Yeah, that was sort of yeah, the point. solid point. Solid <laughs> point. That was that was the that was. Hey, you you may work in the plant, but you know what? This is for the customer eventually, and you're it's an influence. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. You know, it, you could be in shipping. Um, you know, I mean, who knows, right? In fact, there yeah. there's a there is a company, um, an online, and I think it's a. I, I, maybe not dog food, but but like pet products, and I think it's primarily um, dog related pet products, right? Okay. Like Chewy or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but it's a smaller company, you know, and uh, okay. you know, they're they're fighting to to get market share and, okay. and stuff. And they started to do a thing where uh, they invite it when people place orders in the order order form. They have a part where they say. Um, what kind of a dog do you have? And um, uh, and and they said, what is, what is your dog like to do, or you know, or something like that, right? And then the people in the shipping department they started to do, they started to do drawings, artwork on the outside of the boxes of that type of dog, uh, you know, having fun or something like that, you know, chasing a ball or, 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 or uh, you know, chew toy or, or something wow. and then signing their name, name on it. Now, none of these people were professional artists. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, so, you know, I've, I've, I ordered some stuff from them one time just cause I wanted to see what it was. Right. And certainly, and by, by the time it came to me, I mean, it was, uh, or I mean, when I got it, it was not a great, it was not a great picture, but it was kind of cool. It was personal. Somebody knew something about you. Yeah. And, and yeah, they do this and they said, gee, I hope you like this. Thank you very much for, for doing business with us. And, and I thought that was pretty darn cool. Mm. And, I, and I'm sorry I can't remember the name of that company because I should be promoting <laughs> them right now. Right. So, you but that's so, a great example of the invisible. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Or making the invisible visible. Yeah. Yeah. Making it yeah. significant. Um, another thing that... Um, that I've done in the past that I think is, is, is neat. Sometimes uh, there's a, a great article that never goes out of style by Michael Porter called what is strategy. Yes. yes. And um, it, it basically in this article from many years ago now, um, he makes the point that uh, there, the operational effectiveness is not a strategy. Every, every company has to be run well. So let's just assume that. Um, and but then you need to decide because strategy is about decision making, and that's what you know. When we think about our competition, yep. we're making decisions. Are we going up against them on this in this way? Yes or no. And the two big choices are: Are we going to be low price or are we going to be differentiated? Because you can't be both in theory. 
um, at least in his, in, you know, in his theory. And it's I don't and I don't think the theory has been disproved in any any fashion whatsoever. It, it really hasn't. It's pretty darn tough um, to to be a differentiated commodity. Um, it's almost contradictory. The, the term is even. My friend, my friend, Dan Kennedy, I don't know if you know who Dan is or not, but 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 he he is he's always said uh, he, he's always said, if you can't be the lowest price, there is no strategic advantage to being the second lowest price. Yeah. And you look at it. I mean, evidence is everywhere. And, and of course, um, Porter's uh, examples are some of them are outdated. Of course, um, but but there's examples that uh, every day, every day now. Yeah. So that it, it's true. So what you could do is you could put a grid, a four box grid together, and on one axis is. Oh, I was wondering when when that thing was going to. When uh, when is the four box? We're consultants. We can't help it. <laughs> yeah, differentiation and price, and then it's sort of low high, low high. Right. And then map everybody in there, and yeah. then put, put arrows to to say. Where does everybody seem to be going? Like, yeah. it's, it's not static, right? Nobody's staying. Are you becoming more differentiated? Oh, that's my God. Or featuring up. Thought, or yeah. are, are they, have they been lowering their prices? Are they coming, are they becoming more efficient? And, and are they coming after us in that way? And so it just kind of helps you see the, the landscape a little bit differently. And hey, if you get like a, one one great idea out of these oh my gosh exercises then yeah well we've got you know i mean in 20 minutes we have given i mean a bunch of tools that people can use yeah uh, um uh, yeah, i mean i, I can't believe how, we've cr we've crammed in <laughs> we've got more but you know we got more this actually could be a this actually could be a very high priced Pro, you know, online program. Which, yeah, people, if you are listening, you could just send us money. You know what? We need to set up some kind of a gift fund or something like that. You know, a GoFundMe page for for you and me. Right. Or or the like. <laughs> if likes were actual dollars. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and likes are very. We are very appreciative of likes, as my dad always used to say. All contributions are greatly appreciated. So uh, if they're in think, a bank, they are. <laughs> that's true. That's very true too. Literally, so I, I think we have run out of our time now. So, you know, take us home. All right. Well, that was another. That was cool. Episode. That was a good conversation. It was great. It was great. We uh, we really enjoyed doing this, and we hope that uh, you'll keep listening and tell other people about the B two B marketing and sales podcast with V Dave Loomis and one of the Steve Millers. That's Thank it. You very much. That's it for us. We'll be back with another exciting episode soon. Very soon. Thank yes. you. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of the one and only B2B Marketing and Sales Podcast. The source for B2B Marketing and Sales Insight. If you enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave these old guys a five-star rating. Check the show notes for any links and contact information. You can always contact us by going to B2Bmarketingsalespodcast.com. Thank you and keep on marketing. Keep on selling. 